Welcome to the Success Journey Show. Let's travel together through the lives of individuals on the road to success. Hey, what's going on, travelers? It's Ricky Ventures and Marlon Madden, and we are back with you for another episode of the Success Journey Show. Marlon, what's good, bro? How you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How you doing? Man, I'm doing well, man. I'm doing, I'm doing really good, man. It's a... Uh, Dude, I mean, life is life is just, you know, it's like one of the we're we're in those, that phase of life where it's just I don't get a lot of pause time. Yeah, know? yeah, I we think, don't get a lot of pause time. No, I, I think during this show is probably one of the r- rarest times during my week where I get to pause a little bit, listen to people, talk, you know, about people. Other yep. than that, man, it's just constantly on the go, right? Constantly and, uh, on the go. Yeah. You know, if, yeah. No, right? I was gonna say constantly on the go, and sometimes we even forget to thank our listeners or travelers. Listen, mm-hmm. I don't, you, we don't scoreboard. Here at Success yeah, Journey yeah, Show, yeah. Yeah. somebody yeah, will probably yeah. have to call and be like, hey, this show right here is blowing up. Like, oh, for real? Hey, you're getting, you're in 95 countries. Oh, for real? Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. and these are, these are real things we're talking about. <laughs> so we don't <laughs> scoreboard. But this weekend, for some reason, I was checking, you know, Spotify. I've been checking to see, is Spotify really getting accurate and um, analytics for us. Do we need to move to a different platform? So if you're listening to Spotify and you want to call my phone or text Ricky and uh, try to keep us in your, <laughs> on your platform by giving us a sponsor like Joe Rogan, you could do that. You could do that. Yeah, right. But uh, <laughs> you don't have to give us that many zeros. But no, we'll, no, we'll, no. We'll no take just one, le- one less. Yeah. One less. Um, But so I was, the listeners, I'm telling you, I got to, our travelers, I got to thank you guys. For this weekend, for some reason, every time I open it up, it was like 20 more people have downloaded it. 20 more people have downloaded every five minutes. So it was going berserk this weekend. I don't know what episode that I was trying to find the episode or was it multiple episodes or what did we do that was different that it was going so crazy. So I just want to say thank you guys for, for being engaged and loving our content that we're putting out because it means a lot we don't we don't we, we don't need the pat on the back but when you do get it or when you get it through whatever way um we want to we want to just say thank you that's pretty much it on my part yeah thank you guys so much and i'm as he just said that i just started looking at the numbers i was like oh shoot i didn't i wouldn't expect him to see that at all okay yeah, yeah. all right man appreciate you guys man this is this is great. This is really good, man. This is nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you guys, man, just um, appreciate you. Without you, we wouldn't be here. Um, you know, just getting the feedback, hearing more things, uh, what you guys want to he- listen to, uh, the feedback you give on the guests, the calls that you make, the the areas that you're laughing, um, you know, all those different things, right? Just man, we love it. Man, love you guys for it and definitely want to continue to bring more and more content uh, to you guys. So, yeah, love it, love it. Well, man, without further ado, Marlon, let, let's jump into uh, the guests for this week. Uh, we have a phenomenal yeah, guest. Yeah, yeah, but before we do that, Rick, we got to tell them, hey, check out Hit Doctor dot com hit doctor md.com that's one of our sponsors it's yeah. a baseball apparatus to help you stay inside the baseball if you're on bar and casting or you have early extension it also help you with your swing plane and the great thing about it it's all in the bag what we try to say it is a bench drill l screen drill in a bag you could go anywhere it could attach to any t any t and we tried it on all of them any t that there is and it's very durable. Once again, hit drmd.com. Go check it out. And we can, if you if you hit us up directly in our DMs, we could also give you a code to get some money off of it because we have that power. All right. Um, yes, sir. Like Ricky Yo, said, let's jump. One, go ahead. One, no, one other thing too, man. We are, uh, our scholarship, our success journey yes. scholarship. <clears throat> um, it's that time of the year but we're uh really raising funds for for our scholarship the scholarship is meant for individuals that are interested in the stem fields um and that are want to go to community college uh it is 
uh, something that we're supporting in our local area here, the community college that we have a partnership with, Hartford Community College. Uh, and we are seeking donations uh, for anyone that wants to help contribute to paying for the tuition of individuals that are going to community college. Uh, reason why we chose community college is because, I mean, uh, it was just an honor of the, the route I know that I took uh, to get where I am today. First going to the community college, Dutchess Community College to be exact in Poughkeepsie, New York, uh, graduating from there and then going from, to my four-year school, then going to my master's program. So uh, if anyone can tell you the power of community college, I, I definitely can tell you that the, the strengths of it um, and getting you set up on a, a trajectory that you wouldn't even imagine the amount of opportunities and just what you'll be able to be exposed to. So yeah, go to the Success Journey Show, go to our scholarships page and go ahead and um, leave a donation. Yeah, and I wanna just point out too, listen, when you put that donation in, it's not coming directly to the Success Journey Show. We oh, yeah, yeah. could have oh, done no, it no. that way, but yeah. we didn't want to because we didn't want people to feel like we're keeping the money for ourselves. So we partnered with the school directly so that when you donate, it goes into the school and because they're a 501c, they're a nonprofit organization, you will get the proper documents in order to file that in your tax um, return for uh, donations to whatever um, entity. So definitely do that. And also Ricky's brother, who's also a PhD, who's a doctor, he is, um, he also is a, a, a product of Dutchess Community College. So yeah, when Ricky's talking about the community college route, we know that, well, they know that route very well. All right. Yeah, absolutely. And in the next in our bulletin, we have uh, <laughs> remember that the church service, you know, right where you start everything. Go read to the church bulletin. So, uh, yeah, man. On today. On yeah, today. On today. Yeah. On today. Everyone, please sign up for the church potluck that'll be happening next week. Uh, please let us drop know what you're going to be bringing. Yeah. Drop yeah, your drop monies. Your monies. <laughs> In the envelope. All right, guys, man. Let's get out of here, Marlon. Let's get them into this, uh, the guests of today. All right, everyone. Peace. What up? The Elite Swing Trainer from Hit Doctor is a great tool to keep your swing short and compact. You don't need to go to a cage or a facility near you. You can use it at home as well as on a field. And my name is Kyle Davenport. I am currently a hitting instructor at Upper Deck Baseball Academy. A common drill that I like to have my hitters do to keep their hands inside the baseball is to go up to the fence and do a fence drill. A lot of times the fence is very hard and it can damage your bat. I love to use this product because it will ultimately replace the wall drill. It prevents them from casting and being long through the baseball where they can only hit pitches that are on the outside or the middle of the plate. It is very adjustable. You can adjust it from any pitch's location between the middle of the plate, outside, and inside, and that will determine how much you keep your hands inside the ball and will allow you to drive the ball to all fields. It will fit on any type of tee, no matter what type of tee you have. It's essential to use this tool because it naturally creates that short path to the ball and long through it. Good. I recommend any player, no matter what level they are at, to use the Elite Swing Trainer. Hey, travelers, we are here back at our favorite segment of the show. It's a segment where we bring on a guest uh, that's going to share her journey, her story as she's been traveling uh, through this world and through her life. Right. Uh, and we're so excited to bring to you Kimberly Best to the Success Journey Show. Kimberly, thank you so much for joining us. Now, do you go by Kimberly or Kim? Whatever one, which one is works best for you? Well, I hear mom more than anything, but go, oh, there we go. Well, go, mom, go ahead and call. Mom, mom works too. So mom <laughs> yeah, Kim will work fine. Yes, thank uh, you. Great. Thank you for having me. It's just a pleasure to be here. Man, it's our honor to have you on um, and for you to share your story with our, our travelers and our guests. Um, I don't know if we share this, but we call them travelers because we're, we're all traveling on this journey of life, right? Uh, this is a success journey show, uh, but just as a reminder yeah. to everyone, maybe this is their first time tuning in, you know, there is no predetermined um, definition of what someone's success should be in their life, right? And we believe that success is in the journey, not the destination, pulling from the famous quote. So thank you so much for joining us. Why don't you start off by just sharing a little bit about yourself uh, so we can um, get to know you a little bit more. Sure. 
Um, I started my first part of my journey at the ripe old age of 19 as a registered nurse. And uh, I kept my nursing license. I still um, have my license, though I don't practice. But I've worked in every intensive care unit that there is. Mm. Uh, When you work in some, you get pulled to others. So I worked in trauma and ultimately in the emergency department. It got um, hard to watch people suffer so much. Um, so I got a little burnout and went back to school, uh, graduate school in psychology. And uh, while that was fascinating for an ER nurse, it was kind of the process is sort of like watching paint dry. And I have the heart of an ER nurse. So I ended up going back into nursing and um, then out of nursing for a while. I uh, moved to Tennessee and uh, had some small children and my husband traveled a lot. So I homeschooled them. And um, then I went through a really bad divorce. And uh, as I was going through this after a couple decades of marriage, um, my brother, who's an educator, said, hey, Kim, have you ever heard of this thing called mediation? And back then, if you Googled mediation, Google would say, you mean meditation. And uh, so, no, I didn't know at all what mediation was. But he told me about transformative mediation at Hofstra University in, mm-hmm. in New York. In New York. In so Long I, Island. yeah, yeah. yeah. I, went to I took a little, yeah, yeah <laughs> beautiful place. I took yeah. a journey there um, and started taking some courses and realized that um, we just haven't learned how to do conflict, that there are alternatives mm-hmm. to beating each other up, you know, emotionally in any other way, that we just haven't learned how to do this. So, After my divorce was final, I went back to graduate school in conflict management and, um, you know, with a passion to see if if we can learn a better way to relate to each other, uh, we can, I believe, build a better world. So that leads me to talking with wonderful people like you. And um, thanks for letting me share. Wow. Yeah, definitely. Um, So what. I'm going to jump into the portion where you're a registered nurse. What made you want to be a registered registered nurse? Was it someone in your family? How how did that one come about? That's a great question. So I was a big uh, avid reader when I was a child. And there was a couple of, there was Sue Barton nurse series and um, Sherry Ames nurse series. So I read those. But I think I've just always had a heart for service. And the whole medical field um, is such a service uh, industry. So I also have this massive caretaking thing, you know, (laughs) I just love loving on people. So um, it's, yeah, it's the words that come into my head as I remember that is just how, how humbling it is to be sharing a space where people are going through a whole lot. And um, Mm -hmm. You know, I look back on that. It's very much like conflict. You know, it's just an honor to share that part of someone's journey and learn as much from them as they're sharing, too. Um, Which just real quick, another thing I didn't mention was uh, the kind of I wrote a book called How to Live Forever, a guide to writing the final chapter of your life story. Mm. And it is kind of that our story to me is also a journey. And the first person that I watched die I was a 19 year old registered nurse and I sat at her bedside and I just had this vision of a book closing. And I was wondering her story, like what people didn't know about her, what she was Mm. taking with her and, um, you know, what she loved, what made her sad. I just wondered. And that held true for decades of nursing where Mm. I'd still, I saw someone as a story. And so the book, um, well, I've seen a lot of people die at all kinds of different ages. And just one day I just started writing. And uh, it's kind of like, you know, our, if our life is our story and we're careful how we write it along the steps, why do we stop writing what we want the ending to look like? Mm. So I wrote about uh, the legal decisions that need to be made. I went way into healthcare decisions because that matters a lot. And um, celebration of life planning, leaving your story as your legacy, um, Mm -hmm. resolving any conflict, because it's, to me, one of the things I want to end. 
I want to look at my life when I'm on my deathbed and not have regret. And sometimes those relationships that are left open and hurt, you know, can be a source of regret. So, and then finally using mediation as a tool to have those challenging conversations that people just don't like to have. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, I want to ask you about the, seeing so many people die um, for, for, for a plethora of reasons. One could be a, the person was, um, a, they were 91, 92, they came to the hospital. Um, another could be the person was very terminally ill. They died in the hospital. One could be a gunshot because your ER gunshot wound, whatever kind of, uh, situation arised, how did you handle death and what, how did it play in your life with your decision-making after you've seen so many people die mm-hmm. and, away, yeah. or even getting a chance to talk to them before they pass? Now, that's a brilliant question. I, I did work in the trauma unit at University of Cincinnati, which is kind of notorious now for bringing a football player back. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So the thing that my biggest takeaway is that now matters a lot. Mm. Every single moment might be our last matter. I mean, our last moment, every single moment, you know? So I think a a little bit of an obsession with living purposefully, um, living as much as I can to be the person I want to be, as well as impact people um, the the way I want the memory of me to be. that's, uh, it's almost obsessive. It's hard for me to rest because it's like, well, if this is my last moment, I still want to do this and I still want to do this. Um, but I think I also, uh, super much honor the, the difficulty that all these decisions and that stage of life is and accept it as normal, Hmm. which is, which is a relief because one of the things that goes sideways for us in our last stage of life or when we're helping others through that is making some really challenging decisions often built on denial yeah um somehow we've told ourselves we're not supposed to die and um i've seen a i've seen a i had a niece who was five years old die of a brainstem tumor um i've seen uh people of all ages die and i the other thing I learned is I have all this wonderful acceptance, but it, the game would be over if it were my own children. Like I, I know mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, so I think just the poignancy of life and uh, the, the the beauty of death. I mean, it's just sacred. Yeah. Now, man, I I, I want to move to having that experience and you know going through the different you know, the conflicts that you've gone through and there's a transition, um, even in your marriage, as you mentioned it, uh, but then also working with people in this whole conflict space, how does that perspective of life as you have framed it here help on as you're working through conflict management, right, with individuals as you're setting the perspective uh, for them? So for me, I, because I see everyone's life as their story, I think, uh, and I, you said at the beginning, at the very beginning in the introduction, you were talking about um, everybody's journey being different, but of value. I wanted to say that for me, I see us all as a puzzle piece and we have to be different in this puzzle piece. And everybody does have a place of value, no matter what it is you do. And if we put those pieces together without trying to change them or um, shame them or whatever, you know, I think we could come together beautifully as puzzle Mm -hmm, pieces. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So um, the conflict part, I I, I feel like it's almost an emergency room for the soul with people in conflict because I, before it was their physical beat up when it's about conflict it's kind of your emotional and and spiritual beating up and in both of them I just have uh, a wish that everyone has agency in those that they have they make their own decisions knowing what's best for them coming fully informed and um, and we teach each other along that journey 
Mm. I love, love it. Love no. it. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, in comp, you know, so I want to dive a little conference resolution, right? So a lot of people, when they think, when they hear conference le- resolution, they're thinking, hey, so two people, they're upset with each other. They come into a room and they leave hand in hand out the room saying, oh man, everything is great. Everything <laughs> is grand now, right? And for me, conflict resolution, this is my, I don't know if this is going to be right because you're the professional, but <laughs> I feel like you could leave the room saying that we don't agree, but still have an understanding or being amicable with each other. So an understanding that, or even an understanding that we'll never see eye to eye on that particular point, but we can work through it and still be amicable, however it is. So I want you to break down the conflict resolution. How, how, how do you see, how do you see people, what do you think people, when people first come to you, what do, you, what do they think is going to happen? And the reality of what happens when they leave mm-hmm. out that door. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, people are scared to death of me. <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> I think um, the big thing is one of the big things I think that people are concerned with uh, when they come for help is that they will be blamed. Mm-hmm. And I love that the process isn't about blame, it isn't about who's right and wrong. And conflict is normal. It's just, I think, because we haven't learned the tools to deal with it well, that we're afraid of it or push it aside. And I I like that you brought up conflict, because for me, that's one of the words like death that uh, we keep hidden because we don't understand it. And if we talk about it and bring light to it, we'll see that it's not so frightening. So um, so conflict is normal. And then people are pretty afraid when they come, but we have to understand when they start talking that each person has a story and their story is their truth. Yeah. And if we stood in their shoes, we would have the same truth. We would do the same things if we had the same background, the same. So getting people to listen uh, as well as speak so that they can be heard. And as far as leaving, whether you leave, you know, singing Kumbaya and holding hands, or um, leave respecting each other's opinion. Um, I almost favor that last one better because we are different. We're not going to think the same. And a a very wise person told me once that just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I'm against you. Mm. It, It means I'm me. It means I have different background, different Um, experiences different biology and um, we kind of take it as an as an insult because someone doesn't think like us that they're against us and Mm. that's just not true so I think people come out um, usually at the space a safe space um, understanding that um, right and wrong doesn't matter as much as finding a way forward that that is the forward you want to have you know, mm. and that's not necessarily agreeing. And it's usually not even agreeing, but it is about seeing each other's perspective. I like how you said that right and wrong is not the the the, the goal, but more so how do we move forward from here? Because you see, what that highlights for me is that, as you said, everyone's perspective is going to be different. Because they 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 experience life different, they process things different, um, so that that is never going to be the same, right? Everyone's going to have their in, in individual um, values and how they look at things. Uh, but the key thing you said is that how do we move forward from here? Within, but when I say that, the thing that's shaping in my mind is either how do we move forward in here because we have to coexist, so coexist right Mm -hmm. um how do we move forward in here if we don't ever have to see each other again right right i mean there's all there's all all sides of it right um so talk 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 about that part of it because i don't think a lot i think we spend a lot of time on that hey i need to be heard i need to be heard i need to be heard oh no no i need to be heard i need to be heard i need to be heard no (laughs) let me prove my point let me prove my point oh no let me prove my point let me prove my point and then is that butting of heads and then, oh, I don't like you. 
oh, oh, I don't like you because I have my opinion, you have your opinion, and you don't can't go. How do you how do you shift that focus and say, hey, let's focus on how do we move forward? Or when do you draw that flag to say, okay, now it's time to move forward, right? Yeah, yeah. So one of the um, one of the first things we do is um, William Urey's principle of separating the people from the problem. So if I'm upset with you because you didn't do the dishes, um, you become a problem. You become a horrible person who won't do the dishes. (laughs) And you're not the problem. Like we can't solve for people, but we can identify the problem. The problem is the dishes need to be done. And that's a solvable problem, right? Mm. So that helps a lot. I want to say one more thing about the right wrong because you leaned into that a little bit. A wise friend of mine, decades ago, early in her marriage, she said, you know, when I fight with my husband, I'm always right. Mm. Because I, and I always win, because I am better with words, because I'm more Mm. assertive, because I express myself better. And one day I realized that in order for me to be right, I had to make him wrong. Mm. And I want to love enough that I don't have to make someone wrong. Wow. And you can you can substitute win and lose. When I have to win, I have to make you lose. And I want to care enough about you that I don't have to make you lose. Isn't mm-hmm. that just amazing? Like it's that yeah. simple. Yeah. Yeah. When you put it yeah. like that, you know, that's, it's simple that's, and complex at the same time. Yeah, yeah. yeah always because, complex. That's ex- because <laughs> if I feel I'm right, I'm gonna have to make you lose. <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. So, it, except when you recognize that, you can say, yeah. wait, you can be right too, because you're right for you. You're not right for me. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the problem that we have is, oh, if it's right for me, it has to be right for you too. But we have a little problem separating ourselves from from the, someone else being themselves. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and you you drew you you drew a nice um the 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 the, the the situation that you that you presented, the dishes need to get done. The person one per, person X won't do the dishes, so person Y doesn't like person X anymore. Is the dishes? So I want to know, like, when somebody sits down and you start working through that, and they start thinking to themselves, "Is the dishes that important that I'm willing to end a friendship, a marriage, whatever?" Because it could be roommates, it could be whatever the situation is. Um, that I'm willing to say this dish is so important that I am willing to draw the line to sand that we need to part because you just don't do the dishes. What do you, what do you, what, how do you handle that situation when somebody's in the room with you? I think that is a brilliant question because it is never about the thing you're arguing about. It's mm. never about the dishes. What does that represent? I mean, what is, what is missing with those dishes not being done? Are you telling yourself, if you don't do this, if you leave a mess for me, you don't care about me? Is it really that you think I don't care about, you don't care about me? And and if you do these things for me, then I feel cared for. So once people even identify, mm. what's the story underneath that this represents? Because there's always a story underneath. And sometimes that story is, look, for you know, the first 16 years of my life, my mom and dad beat into me that this was a something of so much value that if somebody didn't do it, they're a horrible person. You were raised that it that was irrelevant, something else is more important. So we don't think of the underlying stories um, of why this matters to us. But you go to a mediator, (laughs) we'll help you find that. (laughs) <laughs> what what that, be, that brings me into another scenario, and I don't want to air my dirty laundry out a little that much. But what if? How would you answer this? One? Hypothetically, what if, hypothetically, hypothetically, I get people to talk speaking, even when they don't mean to. Yeah, <laughs> hypothetically, what if you know you're laying down in the bed, and then your spouse comes into bed and is like, asks you to get up to turn the lights off, or get them some water. You know what is this? <laughs> I've never been that person that gets somebody to get me water. So, <laughs> so, so how does 
<laughs> gonna lean all that all the way into yeah, no, this. Good. Yeah. He's gonna yeah. get in trouble. Hope hope hopefully, <laughs> hopefully there's one person that never listened to this episode. <laughs> Rick, I wanna res- keep I wanna a glass of water. Yeah, there you keep go, a, right? Keep a glass of water at the bedside table. There you go. Yeah, right? I wonder if yeah. if there's some comfort there. Well, I, if I were talking to you and this um person who yeah. doesn't really exist, yeah. um you know, the question is, what what value is there for you that you want your partner to do this? And mm. uh, what does that represent? And for you, what is that saying to you? What experience are you having because someone's asking you to do that? Um, mm. And yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. so hypothetically. Go ahead. I'm going to tell you how I feel. Oh, well, hypothetically, Ricky, so the question is, um, in this hypothetical situation, what does that make you feel like? What is that saying to you when someone asks you to do something once you're kind of tucked in? And Yeah, it's one, it's uh, the obvious, of, to me at least, is in, in consideration of, hey, I'm, I'm already resting, you know, I'm in my, you know, downtime, you know, uh, shit. Why, why am I now being asked to get uncomfortable, you know, when, you know, did you not plan out? Did you not think through what you, you, what the sequence of events that are going to happen before you get into bed? And then now I have to come now and fix it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hearing a little bit of, of respect in there. Like, can you not respect that? um, I'm already in bed. I'm already comfortable. And exactly. Yeah. 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 Hey, we can keep going down this. Ricky, Ricky, I'll I'll never ask for water again. (laughs) I like the ask part of about me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Um, Marlon, your conscience is bothering you, huh? (laughs) You all are making it. Everybody's like, okay, this is why we don't go to mediation. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to the Success Journey Show. Please follow us on our social media on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at the Success Journey Show. Also check out our website at thesuccessjourneyshow.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. No, but it's so true. And, 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 and honestly, just even just going through this hypothetical exercise, you know, it, it really made in, in that quick second, it made me really think about, hmm, how does it really make me feel like what is this first? My first thing was, as we said, hey, be proactive and just have water. Every time I come in, be ready to put the water in or just turn the lights off, whether everyone is ready or not. Right. Just turn the lights off. <laughs> <laughs> or what I did. You know, those are band-aids, Ricky. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There's... Yeah, no, you're, you're absolutely mm-hmm. right. Those are band-aids because it doesn't resolve the actual thing. And then, Correct. like you said, then it's going to be the dishes next time. Then it's going to be something else, something else, and you don't really right. get to the root of the thing. And I, I, I love this, really, because, you know, it really forces you to address the, the root of the problem, not the symptoms, Right. And I think okay. a lot of times in our lives, we're very, we're very prone, like you said, to put band-aids on things, band-aid, 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 mm-hmm. until all of a sudden something breaks and you're like, okay. man, how, man, how did that happen? How did that person break? Or how did she break? How did... It's like, man, she's been using band-aids this whole time. You're a hundred percent right. A hundred percent right. I liken it to a trash pile. All these little things mm-hmm. build up. Correct. And all of a sudden that pile is so big. We're like, I can't move that pile. I'll just get rid of this person and start over. But Mm -hmm. we haven't learned the tools. So we still build up another pile. Because can you imagine, Ricky, having this hypothetical conversation where you say, where you're so honest and can be heard? You know, I really like to help you and I don't mind getting something. But for me, the experience I'm having when I'm already set in is that you're not seeing me that I'm already comfortable, you know, and Mm -hmm. um, I kind of feel 
not that you intend to do this, I know you don't, but it makes me feel like you're not respecting me. You're not respecting that I'm already comfortable and stuff. And um, it's hard to do I'm that. <laughs> Marlon's going, oh yeah, there, right. that's when I'm people start throwing down, things. Kimberly, I'm <laughs> no, 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 no. I think no, that's my script. Yeah, <laughs> Ricky's reading that. <laughs> yeah, my, my giveaway is a free consultation for you and this hypothetical person. Yeah, there we go, there we go. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm 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 a hundred percent in agreement with you. I do not like the sweep under the rug um, mm -hmm. mentality, yeah. and sometimes it's a hard. And you could talk about conflict in the workplace, conflict between mm -hmm. family, conflict between um, immediate family, or um, you know extended family, whichever kind of conflict that's sweeping under the rug. Like you said, you're going to want to get rid of the person because you want to get rid of the garbage, but you never, ever learn how to, how to not put more under the rug. That's right. And because of that, you carry that to the next relationship and the next relationship and the next relationship. And then before that, you start saying everybody suck but you. That's right. right. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. You're the professional. Well, I mean, I'm thinking... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just stirring the pot, right? Yeah. I'm thinking um, that there's there's two things that are required: being honest with yourself, mm -hmm. yeah, so that you can be honest with someone else. Yeah, and to be that honest requires a lot of courage. Yes. because I know that if I say to you, you know, hey, Marlon, um, you know, when you ask me to do this, I'm going to make you uncomfortable. Right. You're not going to be like, oh, thanks. That's the best news I heard all day. Um, and for some reason, we think we're not supposed to upset other people mm. and we're not on purpose. But our being honest, if my being honest makes you uncomfortable, that's your work to figure out, not mine to present something that keeps you, you know, but we we <laughs> we definitely have superpowers that we can. Um, really hurt people for stepping on our toes. I like to use the word stepping on our toes because uh, we will step on each other's toes in relationship. There's no way not to. We'll right. disappoint each other. We will be disappointed. But talking through those, being honest, not saying what you did that was wrong, not pointing the finger at the other person, but how you experienced that and, and even speaking your needs in that, that grows people together but it takes a lot of courage to do it because you don't know how the other person is going to react or respond, which is no, why I like mediation too, too, because you have a neutral there, right? Like you have a neutral who can help guide that. Correct. So if the response yeah. is, Oh my gosh, all you do is complain. I would reframe that. I would say, did you hear him? Because he's not complaining. I don't hear complaining. What I hear him saying is, that he's or hear him asking you is this and and people can hear it then yeah yeah mm. do you ever get blamed for picking a side like oh someone, that's oh, man, you're, so you're good. siding with her oh what? man what a great question so we're neutrals we're supposed to say we're neutral and or impartial but um you know neutral to me is like I mean, a, a pan of water is neutral, and I'm not that. But what I, I say I am is I'm omnipartial, omni-all. I'm for both of you, or however many are here. And I am. I want you to come out of this with the best, and you to come out of this with the best. And if I can keep in that space, I really am not going to show that. Now, sometimes in more difficult people, and uh, quite honestly, especially with personality disorders, you know, that they can't have any recognition and maybe are more damaging to other people. It can be really hard to not want to advocate for somebody else, but yeah. keeping the power level too is part of what we do so that there's not a power over even me. I'm with you. I'm not over you. I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you what to do. Mm. Yeah. So, so when they come in, do you give them a personality test? Do, do, do you do any kind of personality check or anything <laughs> like that? Or do you even believe in personality um, uh, uh, um, exercises, learning your personality? I don't because I'm dealing with a specific conflict. However, Marlon, you will love to know that my, my current partner, uh, when we started going out, I gave him a barrage of personality tests. <laughs> 
Oh, there you <laughs> go. Yeah. Even though you don't believe in them. Yeah, the oh, but I, I mean, I'm, that's been debunked, but it's when I took the Myers-Briggs, like, oh, that's me to a T. But um, that is, Myers-Briggs got me to a T because I'll debate you even if I know just to push you to think differently. When is your birthday? March 20th. March 20th. Okay. Yeah, I thought I'm maybe e you were. Yeah, I'm ENTP. ENTP. Okay. Yeah. I don't remember what those stand for, but I, yeah. yeah, I'll look it up afterwards for sure. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know if you've done the Enneagram at all. I'm sure you've had people talk no, about the Enneagram. No, I haven't. No? Heard the first time I've heard of that one. Yeah. Oh, I will send you something. So it's kind of the rage and has been for a while, but um, there are there are nine personality types in this, and we have one main one and a wing one. Um, Enneagram Institute has a free, now I think it's like $5. It's probably the most accurate Enneagram Institute. I am uh, a one, which is a perfectionist, and absolutely tied with a nine, which is a peacemaker. And then the definition of a peacemaker is like you make a good mediator. I know I'm a recovering, I say recovering perfectionist. So this is truly, I, I am a perfectionist and a peacemaker, which is kind of a dichotomous thing to be. I mean, it's, yes. and it's true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But it, it is me to a T. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I just looked it up. Any Enneagram. You test, need to okay. take that test. Both yeah, of you. Tonight. We're going to take that test. And we'll that's awesome. Okay, to get your spouse to take it too, or your yes. partner to take it, because there's a whole section under the Enneagram Institute that says how you partner, what your strengths and weaknesses with that person oh, is. When okay. you read that, then call me because I, you're going to be like, oh, that's why we do that every single yeah. time. It's is pretty that good cool. for like business partners as well? I want to there make are sure people. Make sure <laughs> are you guys gonna do check. it? Yeah, I'm like, hey man, yeah. let's go. Yeah, especially for business partners. Good, good. <laughs> There's good. always been something I wanted to tell you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hey, read line 35 a couple of times. <laughs> That's, right. That's right. That's right. Oh, that'll oh, be good. fun. I wish I could be there for that. <laughs> so, so now, and I like what Ricky asked about the sides. Have there ever been a situation where, like, well, I, I know, well, let me just ask the question. The, the, the scenarios presented to you, and you can clearly see like, okay, well, this would be the right answer. But <laughs> the other person, for some reason, cannot. And how do you work through that to, 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 to just conflict? And, and the other person's looking at you and you're giving the answers like, or asking questions like, <laughs> you know? So how, have you ever been in those kind of situations? You guys ask the best questions. So here's what I believe about the right answer. It might be the right answer for me, mm. but I have a snapshot of you. And yes. I have a few, a space in time with you. And you are a story. You're a moving motion picture. Mm. So for me to think I know what the answer for you is, to me, is arrogant. Mm. So sometimes I sit there and people are like, oh, yeah, I agree to this and I agree to this. And it might look lopsided to me. You know, it might be like, well, I think this person could do better, but it's not my agreement. And that's the beauty of a mediator. If it's what you want, I'll reality test it. Now, two weeks from now, do you think that'll still work or whatever it is? But um, but I, I, I do not pretend or assume to know that I, I know what the right answer for you is, yeah. which is fascinating because again, if I label it or keep it to one option, that is my right answer. There's countless options on the table. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So yes, the process of you and the other person and maybe me seeing different sides of this means we've expanded the possibilities of solutions. And that's pretty cool. Man, do you, do you have, I'm going to ask you this one last question, and then I want to ask a little bit more on the building up that business, that consultant business mm. um, that you have, um, and what that was like in that journey. But do you have, have, you, have you had got to the point where you have a referral system to, hey, you know what, guys, I agree. This is not going to get resolved. Let's just go straight to, <laughs> to an attorney. Yeah, and, let's go to court. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Bob is right outside. And he has a he has the number two pencil, and you guys can sign right there. 
<laughs> well, I, I'm, that's a question. I love your questions. I'm a non-attorney mediator. So, okay. um, you know, there are things that are better off resolved in court, but, uh, you know, that's a, that's a win-lose and the right person doesn't always win. Yeah. Um, and I believe everybody loses. You lose a lot of money. Uh, you will never have a decent relationship after you all beat each other up the way that yep. does. So, yep. uh, but but people will opt for that sometimes because too often people don't want a solution. They want the other person punished. Yes. And if I'm bound and determined that my goal is for you to get was well, a judge to point his finger and say, you're the wrong one. I've seen people lose a lot. I I, I worked with someone who um, racked up two hundred thousand dollars in attorney fees because they wanted a judge to say their wife was wrong in the marriage that was falling apart. Mm. That a judge isn't going to do that. They've heard everything, you know. It's so um, getting people to get away from their anger and their pride and really think about what they want their future to look like um, yeah. is, is a better way to stay engaged in that. Gotcha. Well, as I shift, shift to more now, that's their journey of building up this business, right? So you were in nursing as a nurse, mm -hmm. RN, many years, seeing all facets of it. Um, nursing is, you know, it's, it's a system, right? You, you, you even in your different areas of it, but you get in, you understand the system, you apply your under education, working with patients, things of that nature, your knowledge and skill sets. Um, then going into this more professional services, consultancy type mediation area, after going through school, getting educated in it, what was it like building up this business for you? And what did you have to learn in order to really like get this to grow and start striving and, I I can see you like, hey guys, I hey I hear I heard your conversation. Why don't you come sit with me, right? You know, build up <laughs> referrals. You know, like how did you how did you get that? How did you get it built up to where you are today? So um, it was spending years never being in my comfort zone. Mm -hmm. Like I, if someone would have told me how much out of my comfort zone I would have to be, um, I don't know that I would have had the courage. But just I kept going. I kept going. I think I had a vision. I think you need a why. Why am I doing this? And uh, for me, I have a I I, I have pretty strong whys. I mean, I um, I have five kids and four grandkids. I have a son who graduated West Point, who has um, oh, you know man. been in two wars. Um, and every time he goes off, you know, it 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 just. I know we can do better than this. I have a son who is a police officer and I have community members. And I mean, um, I do mediations for the Los Angeles city attorney's office between their yes, community members and their police officers, because when we see each other's people, all of a sudden we can talk, you know, instead of throwing everybody, whether it's police officers into a label or black people into a label or women into a label, we're all, ourselves you know yeah, so yeah, yeah. once we can see each other and i see this work every time once i can sit down and hear you because you're set up to be heard because you're affirmed you've been listened to we understand your emotions no one's trying to change any of that let's hear what the other person has to say too it it just works the, yeah. the, the process works so, um, so that motivated me, you know, just really to want that nine on the Enneagram, that peacemaker, um, in the time that I have left, if I can do something to help contribute. And I didn't know from day to day where it would go, but writing a book was helpful. Um, learning to speak, which I'm really very introverted. Um, and I don't think I know anything more than anyone else. So I have a hard time sometimes getting on a podcast because I, yeah. I do the imposter syndrome thing. Who am I to be talking to anybody about these, which is why I talk about my own experiences because mm -hmm. quick story, my, uh, my youngest son, when he was about 16 years old, I was, uh, I tucked my kids in to bed all the time. And, um, I looked around his room and I'm like, what is this mess? What's, and he's like, uh -oh. what mess? <laughs> uh oh, <laughs> and I say this and this and this, and he's like, "I don't see anything." That's a trigger for me. Like somebody, when I see something and someone says it's not there, it's a trigger for me. 
So about the time I wanted to pick up a pillow and put it over his face, <laughs> instead I turn around and walk out of the room, which you don't yeah. do. That's not good in conflict. And I'm walking down the steps and I hear this voice behind me say, and you call yourself a conflict manager. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> which said, was a oh, wonderful yeah, reminder. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right, right. A wonderful, <laughs> but it, I needed that because I, I just realized, yes, when we're in there, when it's us being hurt or triggered, which is it's normal, it, it, we lose all sight of how to do it. But what we haven't learned to do is the what next. So that moment becomes a wall. And the other person maybe won't let you pass that. Oh, no, you said this or you said that. I want to turn that into a door. Okay, that happened because of my past. The triggers are always our past. What can we do moving forward, yeah. you know, to have that conversation that brings us back together again? Oh, I love that you said that. And it, I, mean, I love this, this podcast. I'm telling you, you, you say you struggle getting on podcasts and talking, but the way that you're sharing here is just really just activating Marlon and mine, just thoughts and things that we're going through every single day. Um, and one aspect of the story you need to share with your, about your son when he was 16, uh, it, it is kind of really gives me that going back to before we started recording, we're talking about, you know, how, does it get easier as it gets older, right? The kids get older, <laughs> but you know, you know, my, my sons are quickly approaching and some, they are in that teenage phase and, you know, and Oof. as you were explaining your story, like I had chills down my spine as to how <laughs> I would respond <laughs> to that. And I'm just like, man, maybe, maybe I really need some conflict management <laughs> skills here so that I can really get the, you know, how do we go from here? Like, where do we go yes. from here? Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and because, you know, I got three boys, all the travelers know. And, you know, many times they just don't see anything in their room, right? They, it's they true. Say, what is all this? I'm like, yeah, hey, we're going to go clean your room and the room looks exactly the same, right? <laughs> um, and, you know, and that's 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 the realm in which I'm in right now. And I'm like, well, I, as, a, as a father, as a man, right? And I, I want to show them that, okay, I can assert my authority right in multiple ways right i can mm -hmm. set create boundaries i can take away things i can do other things you know uh, you know i gotta assert my authority but if i'm looking at the future and how i want to shape them right mm -hmm. what skills can i learn in order to make sure that i work through these situations in a way so that they're learning something right mm -hmm. i'm learning something and it, is not a butting of heads, but more so right. coming to a resolution. And I, I'm 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 convinced I need I need some training in that, right? Because yeah. my knee jerk reaction a lot of time is, you know, it's not is not the best when it comes right. to young boys, right? Uh, just to be yeah, honest. yeah. No, thank you for your honesty. It, it is true. It's again, we haven't learned how to do this. A lot of times we're doing it how we were raised. And and my question always when I talk about <laughs> conflict, I relax. <laughs> when Ricky went down memory lane on that one. <laughs> See, it's just because that's all we've learned, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I ask people, I mean, how are your kids going to learn to deal with conflict? I'll tell you another story. My twins, my my son that was in West Point is a twin, has a twin sister, and. Um, you know, in, in my marriage, I, my, my husband, if there was any conflict, would just leave. And mm -hmm. that'll make somebody crazy, you know, just turn around and leave. And um, so my, they would argue, and I read an article once, and I, I'll get to that part, but I, I didn't want my son to learn to leave when a woman was not happy. I wanted mm -hmm. him to be able to stay. I knew that. And then I read this article, which was a brilliant idea. My kids are 29, and they still talk about this. When they were in conflict, we had seven acres at the time, I would, I would demand that they hold hands, walk the perimeter of the place, and come back. I didn't step in the middle of their conflict. There's no way to do that and that's come out good. But I didn't want them to learn to leave angry. I had no idea what would happen. But hey, I read it in a book and it looked good. So I did it and it worked. Like they always came back laughing. 
they hated those first steps, I'm sure. Like, hey, you don't want to hold hands with somebody you're angry at. But I wanted them to at least experience staying present when someone's unhappy. So I I say to people, you know, um, what happened in your to you in your family of origin when you were the source of conflict? And what did you learn about conflict from that? Because there's a whole better way to do it. Exactly. I'll tell you what my son, what my son knows is a hostile situation. <laughs> I'm going to say your sons, I have three sons and two daughters. When, when boys are in their teens, they don't, they have no use for a mom. They yeah. need you dads. They yeah. need you dads. And they need you dads sometimes to be hard. Like you're not, yeah. they're not yeah. their best friend, but they also need to know what the lesson is in that. My nephew told me when I was raising my now 29 year old, he was a little bit older. And he said, you know, we act like we don't hear you, but please stay with us. Stay with us because we get it. Like sooner or later, we will get it. And I've also heard men, married men say that about their marriages. Like you think you only should tell us once. If you stay with us and keep, we'll get it. We just don't get it the first time. (laughs) Or don't want to. (laughs) (laughs) The truth, the truth. (laughs) All my illusions are busted. (laughs) Now, now, let's ask about, I like that Ricky went into the, to the business side of it now learning business creating your own functional business because everybody just once again is just like anything else the conflict everything else the 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 thought of it is lovely right but when you that first time you had to figure out taxes and um how to how to manage your your, your, your books and, and and all the different things that come along with business how to generate those leads or how to get more referrals or anything else to be in the position you are with the um in in Los Angeles how did you how did you maneuver that you know yeah um so I I'm really good at my day job uh and really bad at business I I say that first so I have to rely it is so time consuming uh, having your own business. I have an assistant right now who said my mom is also an entrepreneur. And I know when I grow up, the last thing I want to be is an entrepreneur. Mm. Um, so you're always learning. And I, I think the reason that I am, am good at my job is because I had the best teachers, you know. Mm. So even in the business, you have to let go of what's not as important, I think, to focus on what is important to you. Um, and I say that because my tax person has a heart attack every time I bring in a pile of papers <laughs> around, let's see, or they do April 15th. So I bring them in about July the 12th, you know, <laughs> I'm, I'm with you. I always need an extension. Always need an extension. Right. right. I don't enjoy that part of it. Some people do. I do not like it at all. Uh, but you know, someone taught me once that no matter to get to somewhere you want to go, you will have to jump through hoops that will make no sense to you. Your boys need to know that, Ricky. But you have to learn to jump through hoops that make no sense because it is part of getting that journey to where you want to go. Yeah, 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 yeah. How do you look at family legacy in terms of, you know, you're 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 building a business and so now you have kids that's in on five but you have them in different parts of the world. You have one thank right. you for a service at West Point. Um, he's an officer somewhere in the army. You have an, a police officer and you said you have, all, um, your, uh, the two daughters that are in whatever job field they are. Are you looking to say somebody to take over the business, somebody to carry on those accounts, somebody that you can groom in terms of, um, setting mm. up different things? How, how are you looking at that portion of, uh, uh, of the business and just of life? I just love how your mind works. So originally I wanted uh, my youngest son who has a very, he's very, very wise for being, for being so young because he watched everybody else, I think. But, uh, and he, he's a lot like me. He told me he has absolutely no interest in um, taking over my business. (laughs) Um, But I do think that as an older person, part of my job is to pass on whatever wisdom, knowledge building we do, because we do that whether we want to or not, you know, our legacy, the beautiful word, um, we're passing on whatever that's going to be every single moment. 
So I am right now spending a lot of time mentoring um, other mediators, especially around the world. Um, anybody who comes to me and asks me to help mentor them, I, I will make space for that. Because I do think that's just how we keep things moving forward. Um, yeah, and then I meet the coolest people that way too. So I'm hoping that eventually somebody will come in. I'm so particular about my clients. Like uh, I am first do no harm from the nursing thing. So, uh, you know, if somebody wants to be a you know, co-mediator in my business, they have to be pretty um, perfect. <laughs> no, <laughs> so finding that, finding that person, you know, um, would be, would be a little challenging for, for me, but I hope to bring somebody on eventually. And yeah, one way or another for what, what we build to move forward. Definitely. For all of us. Yes, yes, yes. I, um, man, this has been such a fantastic conversation. And I, I, I thank you so much for coming on because we've learned so much um, in these last few minutes, just about the whole mediation space and just how you approached it, but then also kind of your journey into it. And one, one last question I wanted to ask you around this, just respecting the time here for us. I'm up a little closer to the mic, Rick. Yeah, respecting your, our time here for us is if... <laughs> it's a question we like ask a lot of our guests. I think I got away from the last couple interviews, but if you can go back to a point in time in your, in your life, you know, knowing what you know now, skills you have now, the the perspective you have now, um, and you can take one minute to sit down with yourself and just share some words of wisdom. The twofold part of that question is, what would that time frame be, and then what would you say? To her that that question kind of makes me want to cry ricky because mm. uh if i wrote a book that was my life i always say nobody would believe it no mm. um what a question uh, that question's going to haunt me for probably a week Ooh. i think um thanks, thanks rick i think right <laughs> i think um i think i think i would tell my younger self um, and I wish I would have found the courage to have my voice, um, to be true, uh, to me, um, to find that truth instead of, you know, trying out to be what other people wanted me to be. Uh, I think I would, I think people who know me would say somewhere along the line to, to give grace, uh, to myself for being imperfect, which has taken me a long time to be like, mm. yeah, I messed that up, but I'm human. And that's just going to have to be that way. And I think the thing that I love that I've learned is uh, your authenticity is your superpower. Mm. So I, I very often don't fit in with, uh, I'm not cool. I'm a nerd. I mean, you know, I just, I've always kind of thought outside of the box and, you know, there's a price for being in the box. There's a price for being outside of the box. Yes. But um, I think if we are authentic to who we are, mm -hmm. it's hard not to respect that. But finding who we are is a lifelong journey. It's a challenge. Mm -hmm. A lifelong journey. Yeah. Wow. Kimberly, can you sh share with our, our travelers just where they can connect with you, learn more about what you do? Um, they want to follow you. They want to schedule uh, an appointment, a <laughs> consultation. Uh, with you. Can you share that with us? Yeah. After this, they may be running from me, but <laughs> I, I want to say before I do that, that I have loved every second with both of you. I mean, I, oh, I could talk you. with y'all all night. Um, yeah, you. it's Best Conflict Solutions. You can find me by Kimberly Best. If you Google me, I come up pretty quickly, but Best Conflict Solutions. And um, um, I have uh, Facebook for whatever that's worth because who does Facebook anymore? I am on Twitter and uh and Instagram and LinkedIn is probably the best place because on LinkedIn, you can kind of see what I'm doing and, and follow there. So um, any way you want to connect, I'm happy to talk to you. Love it, man. You have, love the, best, it, love you have the best last name. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> best the conflict best. solutions. I either have a really big ego or a great yeah, last name. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, oh man, I love it. Well, thank you so much, Kimberly, for stopping by here on the Success Journey Show. Uh, and to all of our travelers, uh, we want to thank you for also tuning in uh, to this show with us for another week. Listen, guys, you can catch up all of our information on the successjourneyshow.com. Uh, you can also find us on all social media platforms and also all uh, podcast listening platforms. Uh, share, like, comment, uh, review uh, this podcast and get the word out there. I want to thank you again for joining us again for another episode. And we'll see you next week at the same time, the same place on the Success Journey Show. Everyone have a good one. Peace. One love. You've been listening to the Success Journey Show, where your dreams, drive, determination, and diligence are the foundation to success. For more information, check out thesuccessjourneyshow.com. The Journey Squad is here helping you to your destination. 